Tumelang, Liam Ochetwe, Momokai, Siana Mogela, Erute Digital, Welcome, Bayons Irkak, and welcome to church. If we have not yet met, my name is Jono, and I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors here at Rooted Fellowship under the leadership of our lead pastor, Onemokate, who's currently away until the end of February uh, on sabbatical with his family. And so we are praying that that'll be a blessed time for them. It is the last Sunday of 2020, and I have some good news, fam. Can you guess what? You've made it. In fact, we have made it. The year that for so many has been the most is close to coming to an end. And I know many of y'all are hallelujahing and amening uh, in the comfort of your own homes. You cannot wait for the clock to strike 12 a.m. on the 1st of January 2021. But where to from here? What message does God have for us at Rooted Fellowship for the next couple of Sundays? Well, in the words of our lead pastor, we're glad you asked. As we as a staff sat towards the end of October and considered the last few weeks of 2020, uh, we felt it fitting to have the last Sunday of 2020, Sunday the 27th of December, be a time where we consider and reflect on the time that has gone by this year. And so in our time together today, we'll be looking back on 2020. And then next week, our first Sunday in the new calendar year, on 3 January 2021, we'll be looking ahead to 2021. And so as we pause at this time and consider time gone by and time to come, it is fitting that our text for today and next Sunday comes from one of the Bible's most well-known portions dealing with time. And that's Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Now, this first, the, the first portion of this text that we'll go into today, or the first eight verses of this chapter, is very, very well known. It's been used in many poems and songs due to the fact that it is very much a poem, and which we'll see in a minute. And so obviously we'll be considering time and specifically time gone by in 2020 as we delve into these eight verses. And then next week, we'll be going through the rest of the chapter and how that'll stand us in good stead as we prepare to face 2021. And so without further ado, let me not waste any more of your valuable time uh, with where we are going, and let's get into our text for today. Amen? Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 8, and I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. The mystery of time. There is an occasion for everything, and a time for every activity under heaven. A time to give birth, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to tear down, and a time to build. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to throw stones, and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, and a time to avoid embracing. A time to search, and a time to count as lost. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to sow. A time to be silent, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war, and a time for peace. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you that we can meet on this platform in this way uh, at this time of the year after a long tumultuous year that has gone by. We thank you, Lord God, that we can come and read your word and be encouraged today. I pray, Lord God, for this time now 
I pray that the name of Jesus would be lifted up. I pray that you would share some of your wisdom that you want us to know uh, as we go into the new year and as we fl- reflect on this year. I pray, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to, to speak to each and every one of us, to use uh, my words. Uh, may they be your words. And I pray, Lord God, for a miraculous work to be done uh, over this platform as folks come and hear your word. We thank you for this opportunity. May you use it for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, before we get into things, uh, an important few things to note about the book of Ecclesiastes is that it forms part of what is known as the wisdom literature of the Bible, found within the Old Testament. Ecclesiastes, along with Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Song of Solomon, makes up the section known as the wisdom literature. Now, the book of Proverbs explores God's perfect order. Uh, And not always, but for the most part, or in general, Proverbs says that those who fear God or who are godly and obedient, well, they are rewarded and remembered by God. Whilst those who do not fear God, who disobey and who are ungodly, well, they suffer and are forgotten. But Proverbs does, however, acknowledge that this order can be disrupted. Whereas Ecclesiastes and Job, on the other hand, they thoroughly explore the disruption of this order. These books note that very often, good, God-fearing, obedient, and godly people do and will suffer this side of heaven. I'll say that again. These books note that very often, good, God-fearing, obedient, and godly people do and will suffer this side of heaven. And so family, at the end of an incredibly challenging and disruptive 2020, we thought that as this transitionary time of the year rolls round, the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, it provides us with a unique opportunity to look back on 2020 today and then look forward to 2021 next week. But then as we do that, it would be good and right to do so by making use of some of the biblical wisdom found in Ecclesiastes and view these times in light of God's word. Now, it can also be said that the book of Ecclesiastes is is in essence a rather pessimistic or negative record of honest observations or teaching on a number of life's harshest aspects, including time, death, and the utter randomness of life. Most commentators and theologians agree that this is a difficult book. It's a difficult book. It was written by an author, but the majority of the book is actually made up of the author's quotes from another teacher, referred to as the Kohilat. So let me put it into perspective. Some of of y'all will will take sermon notes on a Sunday. And so if you can picture this, picture this book like uh, kind of like your sermon notes with your introduction and conclusion. um, But the bulk of the writings would come from quotes from the teacher giving their lessons or learnings or opinions on life. Some theologians say that the the author was most likely King Solomon, King David's son and heir, uh, who authored this book towards the end of his life. But there are still others who, who say that it was probably not King Solomon himself, but probably someone who authored it on behalf of him. Nevertheless, as we pick up this book in chapter 3, the Kahilat, or teacher, is zooming in, zooming in on the mystery of time. And ultimately, what underlies this entire chapter, and in fact, the entire book, is that without God, everything is pretty much meaningless. Without God, everything is meaningless. But this then drives us to the gospel because it reveals to us that only with God 
is meaning found for the lives of his people in this age. And that God is in ultimate control, even over time, as he provides the various cycles of life for each of us to participate in. And also, we also note that life and time on this earth are very much a gift from God. And many of us need to hear that today. Life and time on this earth is very much a gift from God. And we need to hear that. Although there'll be many times where it feels like everything we face seems to be pointing to contradicting this wisdom and truth, we must not stop believing in Jesus, in his gospel of saving grace, and of course, the hope that we have found in him. And we should therefore rather view life's trials and tribulations as opportunities to discover that only a good, just God can provide the answer or meaning to life's difficulties. But also, we need to trust and be okay with the fact that we may never discover some of life's answers to certain questions this side of heaven, much like the takeaways from the book of Job. As I mentioned before, the theme of time takes up a significant portion of this book. And now we're going to get stuck in. We're going to examine all of the situations observed or described in these eight verses, which I've just read. And we'll see that the teacher describes all of these situations as appropriate at some points in time. As we double-click these verses, we'll see that the times discussed by the Kahilat or teacher are both positive and negative, and also they tend to be extreme opposites of the other. And so as we go through this, I invite you to think back on the year 2020. Think back on your year, 2020. Let's go through it a bit slower. The mystery of time. There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. And so the teacher has set the scene, and now from verse 2, he begins to walk us through it. He begins to walk us through those occasions and the activities this side of heaven. Verse 2, a time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. The teacher parallels giving birth and planting and dying and uprooting. This year, even just within Rooted, never mind the city of Pretoria or the country or the world at large, but even just within Rooted, we have celebrated new life. Babies have been born. Virtual baby showers were had. Drive-through baby showers were had. My wife would often be on Zoom calls taking part in these virtual baby showers. And so, oh, as a community, oh, how we have rejoiced. We've celebrated birthdays. Even our own uh, birthday, Rooted Fellowship, five years. I remember the cupcake drive-through at New Hope School. And the, 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 the amazing pop-up Sunday that we had, that Sunday, the 4th of October. Birthdays were celebrated. As a church, we celebrated two fellowship church plants going out. Renewal Fellowship in Joburg East and Fellowship City in Centurion. And, and oh, how excited we are to see what God is going to do in and through those churches in time. But sadly, we have also heard about churches in our city and around the globe that have had to shut their doors in 2020. And sadly, many, many of us have lost loved ones this year. And funerals have needed to be arranged in the most difficult of circumstances. And so together, we have mourned. Verse 3. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. 
we hear healing and building and we say, amen, right? We know that many within the church have experienced illness and injury this year, but we rejoice that by God's grace, they have been healed. Praise God. And in fact, as we record this sermon, our children's discipleship classrooms are currently being built on our new premises that the Lord has so graciously provided. And once again, we rejoice in the healing and building of new things. But again, sadly, we have seen tragic ends to to things as well. Tragic ends to life. We've heard the news of fatal accidents and illnesses. And we've seen the end of many businesses, many opportunities, many relationships. And this has led us to weep. This has led us to weep. Which we see is also mentioned. Verse 4. Verse 4, it says, There is a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. I don't know about you, but this verse really describes my year. I have wept much over the struggles of my own life. And I've wept a lot as I've heard about the struggles of people within our church, within family and friends, and and hearing about what they're going through. And as a nation, we have faced so much. And even globally, it seems like we've gone through the most. We have wept as Jesus did. Jesus wept, John 11, 35. And so we have wept. But then moments later, we can find ourselves laughing. I'd come across a clever meme or watch a funny show on Netflix, and I'd find myself laughing. My wife and I even uh, tried out the foot greeting challenge uh, way back when, in lockdown level five. We keep family updated with WhatsApp videos of of how we learned uh, the foot greeting. And we danced, or she danced, and I tried. Uh, But that would lead us to dancing and laughing. Then the teacher says, though, in verse 5, that there's a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. 2 Kings 3.19 seems to make mention of warring nations laying down stones in an enemy's agricultural territory to render that farming land useless. And then once a nation had successfully uh, fought back and reclaimed their territory, they would remove those stones. And so the teacher says that there's both a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. And then there is a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. Man, 2020 has surely taught us this, right? Social distancing, elbow greetings, 1.8 meters apart, no embracing. Not even at church, only within your family bubbles. No, but seriously, this verse is saying that in life there is a time to greet and spend time with loved ones. And then there is a time to say goodbye. Many of us may not have been able to connect with loved ones in 2020 because of travel restrictions, lockdowns, or financial constraints. We've had to say goodbye to the New Hope School family, who were so good to us for more than five years. But as we say goodbye to New Hope School and those premises, we have embraced and said hello to the OM family and the premises of our new church. We've embraced digital church gatherings and city group sessions. And God has faithfully grown our church. And then we read in verse 6 that there's a time to search and a time to count as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away. And so here we see that there is a time to look for meaning and understand, even treasure something. And then there's a time to let go and throw away. Lockdown level five inspired some within the church to spring clean and get rid of a whole bunch of stuff. And it inspired others to panic buy 
and stock up on goods you're probably still not even using today. But seriously, I think this verse speaks to those of us who perhaps cling to the past and don't just reminisce, but we often continue to live our lives in the past. And we compare our life to how things used to be in the past. It's not helpful. There's a time to keep and to treasure, but then there's a time to let go. Verse 7, there's a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak. So there's a time to repair things and refrain from speaking. And in many situations, keeping quiet is the wise thing to do. I'm sure that was the case in some of the fuller houses during lockdown. But then there are times when we need to write off, cut our losses, and speak up. Very often the wise thing to do is speak up as we confront injustice, prejudice, and advocate for those who cannot advocate for themselves. It is not only wise to do this, it is the right thing to do because we serve a God who hates those things. And in 2020, there's been many injustices and they have needed to be called out. Finally, verse 8, we read that there's a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Hate, did you hear that right? I'm sure that some folks are now asking if hate is biblical. When is the time for hating, you may ask? But let me say at the outset that we should not and cannot hate people. But God does hate sin, and so should we. We should hate injustice, oppression, discrimination, persecution, and abuse because they cause God's creations to suffer. And when that happens, God is being dishonored. What about war and peace? We need only watch the news for a few minutes or scroll through social media to see that war and fighting is rampant. One day there is peace in the place and the next war. And so in this poem, we see a thorough range of human activities, a thorough range of human experiences, and a thorough range of human emotions. All of which I'm pretty sure we have experienced to varying degrees over the course of 2020. And so what do we do with these observations today? What do we do with these observations about these times? Well, if you're someone like me, perhaps you've spent the majority of 2020 striving for the pleasant aspects of this poem and doing everything in your power to push away the unpleasant aspects discussed in this poem. Admittedly, church, I have strived for living, planting, healing, building, laughing, dancing, gathering, embracing, treasuring, repairing, speaking, loving, and peace. And I've done everything I possibly could to push away death, uprooting, tearing down, weeping, mourning, losing, saying goodbye, breaking, being silent or still, hating, and worrying. But of course, it's not long until you realize that you can't do that. But then what do we do? Well, we revert to comparing, if you're anything like me. And so we compare our lives to other folks. We compare our season on sowing or mourning, weeping, to their season of laughing, dancing, and reaping. 
And then we become filled with bitterness because we compare our negative aspects to their positive, tweetable, social media approved aspects. They all seem to have such balance and, and our lives are a mess, right? But you see, family, the, the Bible does not speak about balance. It speaks of seasons and times. We see that right here in the text today. And we see that these seasons and times come to us all. They come to us all, no matter how much self-leadership or self-control you have, balance-seeking you have. You cannot prevent these things from coming to you. And so again, I ask the question, what are we to do with these teachers' words? What are we to do? Well, I believe that we need to seek God's wisdom in prayer and in His Word to firstly know what season we are in and to know that we can be in multiple seasons. And then secondly, stop striving for a future season or stop living in a prior season. Embrace the season you are in. For some of us, lockdown came at the right time of this year and it's just been incredible. I've heard some of those stories um, I was not one of those people. It's been a tough year. For many of us, this has been the toughest year of our lives. And the more you try it, try to fight that or deny that, the more anxious and stressed we have become. What are we to do as we reflect on these fluctuating seasons of the year gone by? Well, I believe that they push us to reflect on the ultimate constant. In Revelation 22, verse 13, Jesus says that he is the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I believe that these seasons of life in this broken world push us to consider our relationship with Christ once again. They push us to consider our relationship with Jesus once again. And I believe that as we reflect on the year gone by, and as we reflect on our relationship with Jesus and with others, a large part in experiencing a peaceful, harmonious, and obedient relationship with Christ and with others is to discover and accept and appreciate God's perfect timing. You see, when we find ourselves doubting or resenting God's timing, this often leads us to despair and rebellion even as we can be tempted to move ahead without his advice. And many of us have experienced this in spades this year. Things aren't going the way that we'd like it to, and so we take matters into our own hands. Despite what God's word says, despite what other wise, godly Christians say, we feel like God is not moving, so we need to. But this only leads us to even more despair, more brokenness, more chaos. Two weeks ago, one of the elders of the church, Stephen, preached on Psalm 46.10, which says that we need to be still and know that he is God. And so family, as we cross over into 2021 in a few days' time, with many of our anxieties and our concerns from 2020 still with us, how can we be still? How can we be still? We can do that because we have a good God who is so loving and he is faithful. Our loving God, our Father, sent Jesus into this world 
We celebrated and remembered this two days ago over Christmas. Jesus came into this world. He was born the perfect virgin birth. He lived the perfect life that we were called to live. He then died the perfect death that should have been ours. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. And one day he will return. And so family, as you listen to this, I'm here to tell you that God and Jesus and his Holy Spirit, they were faithful then and they'll be faithful now. God will be faithful now. Family of God, fellow believers in Christ, if there is one thing that you take out of your time with us today, as we reflect on a very difficult, tumultuous year, know this. God is in control, no matter what season you're going through, no matter what you're facing. He loves you. He sees you. He is for you. He has a plan for you. And in that, we need to be still and know that he is God and actively wait on him, worship him, and enjoy our relationship with him and others. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are indeed sovereign, you are good, and that you are in control of everything. Lord God, even though it pains us, and even as, as we look back, it may be very, very difficult for us to look back on this year. We thank you that as we look back, you have been there, you have been with us. No matter what our circumstances have said, no matter what our situation, you have carried us to this point. And so we thank you for your sustaining grace. We thank you, Lord God, that in your wisdom, you have sent Jesus to save and make a way. And on that we cling, Lord God. Many times this year we have not felt like we can cling on anymore. But we thank you, Lord God, that you are a good God who has clung to us. You have not let go. You are not done. And no matter what 2021 brings, Lord God, we know that we can face that year knowing that you will see us through the same way you've seen us through this year, Lord God. I pray for those who are watching this and listening to this, Lord God, who are feeling discouraged, who cannot take another, another week of 2020. I pray that you would come and meet them. Meet me, Lord God, in this time right now. Would we commune together, Lord God? Would, we, would our hearts connect, our spirits connect? And know, Lord God, that you are at work. Forgive us for the times that we have doubted. Forgive us for the times that we have taken things into our own hands, Lord God. Forgive us for resenting the seasons that we are in, Lord God. For envying and being jealous of the seasons that others are in, Lord God. We pray and ask your forgiveness for that. I pray that as we go into this next week, that we would wait on you, that we would be still, that we would know that you are good. And Lord God, that as we enter into this 2021, that glorifying you, knowing you, and loving others would be our top priority. Not any other resolution, Lord God, but to know you, to love you, and love others more. We ask this in Jesus' mighty and holy name. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen.